Hello. Um, for we, I feel like we always have new faces, which is so great. So I'm going to introduce myself a little bit. Um, my name is Darby. I work for Focus, which is the campus ministry that this church partners with, which is the reason why there's so many young people here. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, we are doing a series on good news in the Old Testament. Um, I've heard maybe like two of them, um, which one of them I listened to Josh's from last week because I'm also preaching on Daniel and I was like, what if it's the same sermon? It's not, hopefully, from what I remember. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I just was reflecting as everyone was sharing and I think it's so neat that we like have so many pastoral voices in our church that are like willing and able to share what God has told them. So uh, I just want to encourage y'all in that. Um, so yeah, why Daniel? Um, yeah, Daniel isn't my like favorite book in the New Testament, Old Testament or anything like that. Um, but I was praying about something else and the Lord reminded me of Daniel and he was like, you're going to preach a sermon on that, which my own like little um, stubborn self was like, how dare you tell me to preach a sermon on something? <laughs> um, but here we are trying in humble obedience to follow what he has called me to. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's interesting that Josh also preached on Daniel. So maybe that's something our church needs to read. I don't know. Um, so yeah, the questions I want to be posing are, uh, where is God in the Old Testament? What good is there? How do we see the character of God in the Old Testament when so much is foreign to us? Does God care about our suffering and discomfort? And I think the answer to that last question is yes. So we're going to read Daniel 3, and then Claire is going to get up and read it. Anthony, can you unmute Claire? So just all of Daniel 3. So we'll yeah. be here for a little bit. Is there a different version you want me to read it? <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. I'm, the what? There is a Darby translation, but it's basically pagan heathen. Oh. So this is Daniel 3. So King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other um, provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other providential officials assembled for the dedication of the image that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, scyther, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music might fall down and worship the image of gold, that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the burning, uh, blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. Um, yeah, so that, a long, long passage. Uh, but we have this self-contained story in Daniel 3. Um, but yeah, what's going on here? Uh, we see a statue being built um, and people falling down and worshiping it. Uh, we aren't told what the statue is of, if it's of Nebuchadnezzar or the gods, um, some other god. But I believe the author was intentional to cut that out uh, because it really doesn't matter. Um, an idol is anything we put before God. And for us today, that could be anything that we think about the most that takes up most of our thought life. Um, and I think oftentimes we're our own idol. Um, we worship self and comfort of self. But I'm not going to get too much into idols. Brad did talk about idols some with Isaiah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no matter what the statue was, we clearly see in the Ten Commandments, so Exodus 20, 4 through 6, it says, You shall not make for yourself an image in any form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or 
in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Um, and elsewhere, we see that we're not supposed to worship anything besides God, and the statue is an idol. And the king requires that people worship it as such. In this day and age that this was written, um, most people were polytheists, so it wasn't like a huge deal to just add another god to their worship. Um, but yeah, and this wasn't the first time the Jews interacted with idols. Um, yeah, the temptation to worship the gods of other nations was there over and over again. Um, nations that enslaved them and had power over them. And maybe if they gave in, they would receive some of that power too. The Jews, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this passage were certain that they should not participate in this display of power. Their options were to submit to this power or to be put to death. Um, those were the options back in the day. There was no court of your peers, only tyranny. Their consequences were so much more dire than the ones we would experience today in America, but we do experience a lot of pressure in our culture to bow down before things that aren't God, our God, um, and are given same reverence to what we should be revering God as. And they, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, probably would have gotten away with it, um, not bowing down, if it wasn't for these men trying to entrap and ensnare them. Likely, these men were jealous because foreigners were put um, over them in power and prestige. We look at the language that they use. Some Jews that you have set over. Um, and the jealousy likely prompted their actions, which would have led to the death of these men if God had not intervened. And so this leads us to one of the themes of Daniel and one of my points. God is in control despite current appearances. God is in control despite current appearances. And we see this power, I mean, we see this clearly in this story. God's power transcends even death. And this story is meant to put courage into God's people as they face insurmountable odds. God being good in a situation um, doesn't always look how we'd expect it to. We're called to lay down our life to gain it, to pick up our cross, and our burdens will be light. Victory over death looked like Jesus on the cross. Three women and John witnessing his death and everyone else running away. If you ask me, that doesn't sound like victory. God sending his son to earth looked like a baby crying in a barn in a small town. That doesn't sound very reassuring, if you ask me. But I think that is part of the problem. Our perception of things can get us into trouble. When we don't see a way forward or through, we can think that God has abandoned us. But that's not the case. We don't have the bigger picture or see all the steps that need to take place. As his people, we can look at his track record, how he's acted in the past, and put our faith and hope in him. Um, just to name a couple stories from the Old Testament where things didn't look like they were going the way that God had um, promised them to be and how he brought them through. So he gave Abraham and Sarah a child despite their old age, which is funny to me because I'm like, oh, I'm getting so old. Will I be able to have children? I'm like, God can do some crazy stuff for sure. Um, yeah, he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, even though they were a smaller, untrained force that was under the force of the thumb of the Egyptians. Um, God brought the Israelites into the promised land even when there is people occupying it. And we see 
some punishment for those people who didn't have trust in him there. Um, but yeah, we see this in the Old and New Testament. God is in control. He's in control of the situations we find ourselves in. And he's going to make things all new and good in his eyes, even if it's not in our eyes. Um, yeah, I think of Paul being locked away in prison, singing of God's goodness and praise, praising God who is in control. Him saying to live is Christ and to die is gain and actually meaning it. I think of two martyrs in the early church, uh, Felicity and Perpetua, being put to death in the arena while singing and praising God. One of them gave up motherhood and watching her child grow up because she was unable to deny Jesus. And that's some crazy faith, if you ask me. Trusting God even when we don't see the way out. Even when the outcomes look grim to us, God sees the bigger story. And I read this book a couple years back um, called Perfectly Human. Um, it's a really good book. You should read it. Um, but yeah, by the looks of it, the woman in this book had every excuse to grow in despair and to question God. She found out that her daughter wouldn't survive outside of the womb. Um, and it looked like God wasn't in control. But he was and he is. And God used that situation to love on the author and minister to so many other people through this book. Her pain and her heartbreak was transformed through Christ's redemptive power and unending grace. And this gives me hope in my own life. Um, yeah, it's not a huge secret. Um, but Drew and I are expecting a child in late October. Um, and I can't imagine the kind of pain that Sarah must, the author of the book, must have gone through. But I know that I have to trust my God, um, and that trust has to outweigh my fears. If things don't go the way that we planned with this pregnancy, God is still good. And I believe God wants to give us good things, but that doesn't always look like how we want it to. Yeah, I have to choose to trust God, that he's going to work things out for his glory, and trust that it's better than anything I could imagine. A friend of mine um, isn't able to have children, and it's been really difficult for her to process through that. Um, but I've seen God bless her with a family in the church. I've seen her be a mother to people and love them in ways that their own mothers couldn't. Um, I don't think her life is what she expected it to be, but it's so much richer and deeper than she could have imagined. I think of Drew, who is from Austin. Um, I'm so emotional. I'm normally emotional, and then, like, hormones. It's a fun time. Um, yeah, so Drew's from Austin, and he had this great plan that when he graduated, we were going to move back there and be with his family. But that's not what the Lord called us to. The Lord called us to here in Denton, and though his life isn't what he thought it would be, that we're not going to get to raise our kids with his family nearby. God has really blessed us in this community. And our life isn't what we thought, but it's much more beautiful than we could have imagined. Yeah, it's been a really big joy in my life to live here in Denton. I think Drew would say the same. Yeah, I think of one of my friends right now who works in social work, which, wow, uh, her job environment is not life-bringing, and it's definitely burning her out. 
But I think in this season, she's called there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, she's called to love on the children she works with when no one else will. And honestly, I really do think she's a little bit crazy for working there. And I wish she would quit. <laughs> um, but I also don't see the bigger picture. Um, I know that God is making good and is bringing the kingdom on earth through her in ways that other people aren't. Um, but yeah, he, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Anyways, he can use our crappiest things and make something beautiful out of it. Um, he can turn graves into gardens, and he brings life where there is death. So what we see isn't always the end of the story. God is in control despite current circumstances. So yeah, I want to pose the question to you. What has felt like death in your own life? And how has he used that for life? What has felt like death? And how has he used that in your own life? Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, my next two points are a little bit shorter than that one. Um, but they're basically the same point in three different iterations. Um, so yeah, my next point, Jesus on the cross is the God in the furnace. Jesus on the cross is the God in the furnace. And what does that mean? Why is this good news? It's good news because God isn't absent in our suffering it means that we can have the attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when we experience hardship. Yeah, um, the attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when we experience hardship. God will save me from this, and even if he doesn't, he is still good. We know that he is there with us in trials. On the stormy seas of life, he sits with us. He isn't uncaring or unaffected by our suffering and hardship. We, um, in Focus, are doing a pizza theology on wisdom, and so we've been reading some of the wisdom literature in our small groups. Um, and one of the things that was sticking out to me as we were reading Job, um, yeah, he's like had everything stripped away from him and is given an opportunity to curse God, and he chooses not to. And he says in Job 19, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, um, that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I will see him with my own eyes, I not another. How my heart yearns within me. And this is Job's response to suffering, that he will see God in the midst of his pain. And this can be our response within suffering too. And this connects us to Jesus. His response to suffering and death was to come to the earth and to die for us, to dwell with us, to be among us as we experience the brokenness of life. And we get to take the spirit with us as we move through these things. He reminds us of truth and what is really going on when we're so easily distracted by everything else around us. And this is good news. His character is consistent throughout the ages and we can trust that he will respond to our suffering the same as he has with others. Um, I want to read something from Romans 8. Romans 8, 38 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither pr the present nor the future, 
nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from him. He is with us and will be with us to the end of our lives and into eternity. And not only when we die, but he's here and now with us. And his response to brokenness is the cross. His response to our pain is that he's there with us. The Jesus on the cross is the, Jesus, the God in the furnace. Jesus on the cross is the God in the furnace. Um, but yeah, um, to this, there's this song. I don't remember what it's called. Don't remember who it's by. <laughs> but uh, it says, when I've got no answers for hurt knees or cancers, but a savior who suffers them with me. And I think that's the essence of this point. Yeah, and then my last point, um, their death in the furnace wouldn't change the story. Their death in the furnace wouldn't change this story. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have no confidence that they will survive. They added the addendum to God will be able to deliver us with, but even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. Their confidence in the Lord is not dependent on things going their preferred way. They're, they aren't saying, if you are good, you will save us. They were saying, you are good if you save us or not. They have complete confidence in the Lord. And it keeps us from turning this story into a false promise about God saving every person from suffering and death. And that's just not something we can put our hope in. We don't follow God because he keeps us from hard things. Well, we shouldn't. Um, and I see this in people who've left our church and then the Big C church in general. The brokenness of the world or brokenness in their own life overtakes them, and they ask, where is God? Surely God wouldn't let this happen. But that's just kind of oversimplifying things. We're a small part of the whole, and God doesn't save us from experiencing hardship. He walks with us into and through that hardship. And we have to trust him in that. And it can be hard to trust. And that's where lament um, and crying out to the Lord comes in. We don't have to bottleneck our feelings and push them away. God can handle those negative emotions. But ultimately, we have to be faithful um, who we know God to be and not what it seems to be what seems to be happening right now. Bad things happening to us shouldn't shake our faith. We are promised hardship in this life. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you ha may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do we have peace in the midst of trouble? Do we trust that the Lord has overcome the world and will make things right? Do we trust him to know what's best for us or for the world at large? Um, yeah, how do you look at situations in your life? Does God's character hinge on things going your way? And I think we ought to have the attitude of these three friends. I will not give in to idols, anything we place above God, and trust God no matter the outcome. And yeah, this is great and all, but how do we live this good news that God is with us in this hardship? We can pray for God to show us what he's doing in this season. Something Garrett said to me a while ago, 
or to our staff. I don't remember. Um, but he always asks God, like, what are you doing, and will you teach it to me quickly? And that's been a prayer that I pray um, often because I am impatient in hard situations. Um, but, yeah, ways that we can live this out is we can remind ourselves of how God has acted in the past when hardship comes. Um, something we did in Sirach's class as um, apprentices in our, like, class on worship um, was write down, like, good things God has done in every year of our life um, since the first year. Um, and that can be a helpful exercise to think of all the ways that God has showed up in your life. Um, we can familiarize ourselves with scripture when we need comfort. Like, God gave us scripture for a reason, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that we can do is spend time with community in hardship. I think um, our tendency can be to, like, isolate ourselves and just, like, figure it out by ourselves. But God gives us community to comfort us and to walk with us as we go through things. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus and be there with people as they are in the furnace. So, yeah, I'd encourage you to talk to one another as you experience hardship to push back on these lies that you can often believe. But, yeah, I'm going to pray for us. Dear Lord, um, just thank you for being good in our circumstances that we find ourselves in. Lord, thank you that we don't have to go through it alone, that you have given us your spirit and your people to walk through this with us. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting right now that they can just turn to you and rely on you, that you can pick them up and dust them off and put them on a new path. Lord, we just thank you for, yeah, everything you're doing here, and I pray that you would continue to encourage us and to point us towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Darby. I feel like part of the way through that, I sort of forgot we we're talking about Daniel because it was just so relevant and so like current. So you did a great job of bridging that divide between an older story and the things we face now. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, a couple things, actually more than a couple. We've got quite a few announcements to share about. So please pay attention because the stuff you want to hear about is just more than normal. Uh, the first thing I just want to say is when we're worshiping together, I think a lot of people I've heard since our retreat last weekend, our worship time together on Saturday night was a highlight for people. And it was just like, oh, so great to be able to worship together, to not have to worry about time, to feel this closeness, to be able to hear each other, that kind of stuff. And I completely agree. I felt like that was a highlight for me, too. There's just nothing that's keeping us from accomplishing that every Sunday, other than the fact that we can't sing quite as long and do quite as many songs, but other than that, I just want you to really think about each Sunday that we come in here. This is really special. Um, uh, if you're fo in focus, you get two of these a week, but the rest of us, um, it's still rare in that case, but like getting a group of believers together, the people of God together, getting to worship simultaneously together, it doesn't, you, you can't do it whenever you want. It happens once a week on Sunday or maybe also on Thursday. You can't bottle it. You can't take it with you. You can't just press play on your iPhone and do that. Worshiping with the people of God here in our community together as a body only happens these few times, you know what I mean? So just take advantage of that, and I think one thing you can do in your own heart and mind when we start worship is just take a moment to close your eyes, clear your mind, clear your thoughts, and recognize where you are, what God's doing, what opportunity we have together, 
to worship, and we all contribute. We're all putting something into this experience of worship together, and we all add, it all adds up to something. And our worship team can't do more than they're already doing. They can't make the rest of us participate more. And I think you guys have been growing a lot in this, including myself, so I'm not, this isn't a shame. I just want us not to be like, oh, we only get to experience that at retreat, and then there's no way to re- replicate it on Sundays. So, sound good? Yeah. I got a thumbs up. I got one thumbs up. And so, oh, there we go. Nice. Let's make it happen. The next thing is, very exciting. Next week, for Easter, for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, we're going to be doing another potluck together. Those have been a big hit. Whoa. I just heard people like, people were like, Grant had this face like this. So that's the, exp- that's the response we want. So here's a couple things. Um, we did a great job of this last time where we didn't really have to organize too fiercely. We just said bring something, <laughs> and we had enough of everything. It was great. So we'd love to not organize more than we need to, right? And so bring some stuff next week, and we'll all get to share in a meal together. We'll have some discussion, some worship time. We'll get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together. It's going to be a huge highlight. So one thing you really need to know, though, is that anytime we have food and we are trying to, like, get food and get seated and all that kind of stuff, it all takes longer to get started than usual. We're already, you know, we're really punctual normally as as a church. Um, We have to start on time next week, and so plan to get here early, especially if you have to bring something that you need to, like, take the foil off or whatever else so that we can really get the time we want together to eat and enjoy our time together, to have plenty of time to worship and discuss. So just in your mind, make sure you know you need to be here 10 minutes before you think you need to be or before you normally are, just so we can really take advantage of the time together. Does that make sense? Oh, it doesn't make sense, I guess. Breakfast. Yes, brunch. Brunchy stuff. So, yeah, good question. Any other questions about potluck next week? Yes. Nice. Let Adrian know. All right. That sounds great. Will you post that too later? Because some people might have missed it or might be back there. Yep. Thank you. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We have a good amount of our kids that aren't good at Easter hunks, so we don't have to hide them that hard, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, next thing. Okay. We're going to move fast now for the next ones. Shirt. We got a new shirt, right? <laughs> Woohoo. Okay. This thing, we're going to send the email to the people printing this after church, right after church, next Sunday. So you got to order it between now and after church next Sunday, and then it's too late. Cool? So Denton North Church, no torch. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Around here, we, we do our spell check. Um, so DentonNorthChurch.com slash shirt if you'd like to order a shirt. There are kid sizes as well. They don't have them listed in a super helpful way, so we linked to the size charts um, if you need those for kids and adult sizes. So check that out. Do it. Um, Location change. We're going to be meeting somewhere else now. That should, I think that should be May 7th, but just whatever Sunday is right near there, May 6th or 7th. I'm pretty sure it's the 7th. But, so don't show up there on a Saturday and be like, I'm here. Where's everybody else? Starting May 7th, we will be meeting at the Senior Center. Yes, Shayla. We will give you instructions about that later. No one's going to remember if I give it right now. So the Sunday before we start meeting there, I'm going to give some really specific instructions about parking as well as on Mighty Networks and our website. Just know that there's a lot of things that will be different, and that's one of them. So thank you, Shayla. Um, Any questions about location change other than parking? 
cool. So if there's someone, a buddy of yours who's not here that you're worried they might miss this, just pass this info around. Make sure people know about it. It would be heartbreaking if someone showed up and just thought we weren't here. We'll put a sign on Sunday morning at, at this door that says we're meeting, but it's just be a little bit frustrating if you came to the wrong place. So we don't want anyone to miss. Also, Ryan Plache, good on you for just ordering. And Darby and James. Whoa, we've got a lot of people ordering their church right now. It's just pinging my phone a lot. Um, okay, the next uh, next thing is Spring Hita is on April 22nd. There we go. We've got some more details now than we used to have. So we have the location now, McMillan Junior High in Wiley. And I know that Matt a few weeks ago did a really good job of announcing this and putting a lot of energy behind it. Um, but I just want to encourage you, this is really important for our teen ministry. We don't have teens at our church, but we will one day. And in general, we care a lot about teens and investing in people at whatever stage they're at in their relationship with Jesus. And the other thing is this feels like a family reunion with our family of churches. There's not a lot of events that we get to do that. So definitely go, even if you really kind of hate teens, go just because you love our family of churches, okay? Any questions about that? Leslie, was something I missed there? Okay, cool. Um, next thing is we are hosting, yes, Uh, I almost added that in there, and then their, the actual website part is not updated. So just, yeah, just n put it on your calendar, plan to go there, and I guess no purchase necessary yet. Got it. Cool. The next thing is we are hosting, Denton North Church is hosting the next Spark event, okay? Woohoo! So you're, if, if you're in that stage in the several years post-college and you're transitioning into adulthood, this is for you. Dating single, married, whatever, in that age range, you're invited to this, and we're hosting our other folks in that same age range from our family churches. They're going to be coming here. So we're going to get to hang out together and learn about friendship. The, the theme of that um, talk, or actually going to be a panel, I think, is rediscovering friendship in adulthood. So it's going to be really good, really helpful, and there's going to be time to discuss with each other, and then go walk to the square and have dinner with each other afterward. So Definitely, yeah, classic Denton. We've got to show them the classic Denton experience. So put that on your calendar. Next thing, Ronnie's next workshop is going to be a big hit. Yes. What would you say? Oh, I'm sorry. April 30th. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, you, just, you just keep coming here every night until it happens. Um, April 30th is when the next spark is. Thank you, Heather. Ronnie's next workshop, this is going to be a big one, so we want people to register to know how many people are coming but is building godly families. So this is something that if you already have a family, great, definitely should go. If you're thinking about having a family someday, if you just want to hear information about that, whatever it is, whatever stage of life, however applicable right now or later in the future, this is going to be really helpful. So building godly families is going to be in April 16th. Um, it's a Sunday earlier than these normally happen because of spring heat of the next week. So um, go to dfwleadershipdevelopment.org, and you can see the details. And I also, yeah, they didn't, they didn't send us an updated slide for that yet, so we'll have that soon. But same location, I think, unless we, wait, actually, that's not true, is it, Leslie? For, the, for Ronnie's workshop, sorry, I didn't mean to be on the spot. Uh, TBD. Well, I thought they were doing something about maybe having it at Plano. Yeah, anyway. Not Leslie's fault, not my fault. Yeah, we don't know. We can find out for you and let you know. The last thing, thanks for holding on with all those announcements, guys. We got a couple more, but I just wanted to say real quick, giving, you can give on dentonnorthchurch.com slash donate. 
You can also give on Venmo. This goes to help meet the needs of our church and having it each week and also just the people in our community and our, and our city and also just thinking about the kingdom of God going forward. And we're going to hear about two other opportunities that also play into this generosity that of beyond just giving in our community's needs. Uh, so Hannah, you want to come up first? Um, that we can give on top of our, um, our giving to the church and stuff. So here's two opportunities for that. Hey, howdy, hey, I'm Hannah McGinty. I just wanted to point out this, go ahead. There's a community involvement project that Giving Grace is doing. I recently joined the development committee um, for their board. And so what I do is just help like events um, get the ball rolling and we're doing a Mother's Day brunch. So for those of y'all who are not familiar with Giving Grace, they help the homeless community in town and they're building like a transitional housing um, place over on McKinney, which is going to be really cool. They can stay there for like a whole year while they're like, you know, helping feed their families and everything. And it's really cool. So the moms, um, we're doing an event for them in May, but we need bags to put together of $25 value or more. So that's like a gift card or like if you want to go to Target and like put together a cute little something to go in the bags, that's of $25 value or more. That's what we'll do for the moms. Um, and so if a donor comes in and gets and gives like $25, we give them a bag of like a thank you. So we need 20 of them at least. So hopefully we can like pull through. If you don't have the time to do it and you would like me to do it for you, we can Venmo me. That's my Venmo, Hannah-Marie-McGinty, and I'll take care of that. And so, um, yeah, just letting you know that's a thing. And Becca or Steven, who's going to do the, there we go. Nice. Hello. So um, if you hadn't noticed, we're not having showcase this year. And if you don't know what showcase is, it's a big fundraiser we have to fundraise for a trip that our focus students go on called SICM, the Student Institute of Campus Ministry. So if you're new, um, that is just a campus ministry conference that we send some of our student leaders to so they can come back and do ministry on our college campuses. So anyway, we're not having our giant fundraiser this year. And so I just wanted to let y'all know that y'all can still give to support students going to Focus or going to Sikkim by donating at this link. Or you can text me or Steven and like ask if there's a specific student. That's Steven, if you didn't know. Um, yeah, if you want to like donate to a specific student. Um, so whenever you click, like go to this link, you there will be like a place where you can put in a student name. So you probably want to ask us anyway, you know, which student should I donate to? And we'll let you know, you know, who, who's in most need. Sikkim is a little bit more expensive this year. So our students are really trying to fundraise. So yeah, but there it is. Thank you. The, uh, yeah, but I don't remember what it is. So, <laughs> does anyone know in the room? No? We don't know the deadline, but any time you give would be great. Sikkim is six weeks from now. <laughs> now, Don is going to come lead us in Shepherd's Prayer, and then we're going to sing one more quick song after he finishes. So, come on, Don. Disney Dawn. Okay, uh, Josh, in our small group, we were doing the uh, summary of Daniel, and was it Grant? 
Was it you that came up with uh, Shad, Rad, and Benny? Rad, Shack, and Benny. Okay, because when you were saying all that during the sermon, I'm like, I keep hearing that. It's so much easier to say. It flows. It's so much nicer. So anyway, we had fun with that one. Oh, well, that too. See, even my daughter can keep it simple for me. So thank you so much, Darby. That was amazing. And congratulations, guys. We're so excited for you. Yay. <laughs> it's me. Uh, but seriously, one of the things that I've always kind of come to appreciate is this is Holy Week. We have Easter next weekend. And just like with Christmas, the world kind of focuses in on something wonderful about Jesus. Even though it is his sacrifice, we know there's an empty tomb involved in that. And that's, you know, so this week, let's just really kind of be thoughtful of that, be mindful of that as we lead into Easter. Uh, I, I just, I, I marvel at the fact that we can take a time like that and the world can come in a little bit more focused into our Savior. So just be mindful of that. Uh, but let's go ahead and pray. Yeah. Oh, I can do that. Thank you. Nice little segue there. Uh, yeah, Thursday night, we are meeting at, uh, we're still meeting at Aaron and Tate's. Yes, yeah, 7 o'clock. We're going to be doing our prayer night. We'd love for you guys to be there. And what a better time to help us pray into the Easter season. But we got other things we can pray about, too. But uh, thank you, Leslie. Yeah, 7 o'clock, Thursday night. We would love to have you there. Let's pray. Uh, God, we're, uh, we're so thankful that you have blessed us with this place to come and, and to worship. And we look forward to our time when we can move to a new location to the Senior Center. We pray that that will uh, continue to meet our needs. I know it will for our young ones. And just thank you for opening that opportunity up for us. Uh, mostly thank you for providing the GDAC for us. Help us to be able to express that to the people that work here. Uh, thank you for that gift and blessing we've had being here. Uh, just, uh, Father, we lift up Sikkim. Uh, we know how important that is. Many in this room have been there and experienced it. Uh, many of us have supported young ones that have gone there. And just thanks for that opportunity. Thanks for that week of learning and growing and challenging each other and oneself to be what we can be for you. Uh, thank you for allowing us to host Spark. Uh, we're excited about this opportunity for our transitional folks that are kind of going at it from college and entering the world of adulthood and grown-up stuff and just uh, just help them to take advantage of these times to where they can grow together and get to know one another. Father, I thank you for our visitors that are here today. Thank you for honoring us with their presence, and I pray that uh, they've been able to see a possible church home that they can be a part of. Uh, and help us to continue to be a welcoming place to anyone and everyone in this community. Uh, we love you, Father, and we just thank you so much for the way you love us and care for us. And we thank you for your son and his willingness to, to sacrifice himself for us. No greater gift than that. Pray all this through Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. 
We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.